You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Capitec delivered earnings at the bottom end of the guided range, but a strong operational performance. The significant decline in HEPs year-on-year was driven by credit impairment charges with increases of three times year-on-year to circa 6 billion rand from 2 billion rand in the first half last year. Underlying operations of the business remained resilient under COVID-19 with the pre-provision operating profit increasing by 12% year-on-year. And uh, this is attributable to income from operations growing 10% year-on-year ahead of expense growth of around 9%, resulting in some positive jaws for Capitec. The number of active clients grew 6% to 14.6 million in spite of all of those COVID-19 headwinds. And I'm joined now by 2019 Sunday Times Business Leader of the Year and Capitec CEO, Harry Faree. Harry, welcome. Considering that some in the market expected you to suffer due to the impact of COVID-19 on uh, lower to middle income earners, you've really remained remarkably resilient. What do you ascribe that performance to under the circumstances? I think, uh, Michael, for us very importantly is our transactional income uh, as well as our funeral income. You know, if we look at our OPEX, 97% of our OPEX is now covered by transactional income. So basically everything that you make on the credit side is for free, you can argue. Uh, or the other way to look at it is to say that um, if I exclude the COVID provisions we've made, that 50% of our income is coming from transactional side. And then there's a massive swing to digital. Uh, you know, we've got 7.2 million clients on a digital uh, platform, either our app or USSD, which is big numbers. Um, and the number of volumes increased with 52%. So that's very strong. And I think overall credit, um, it was tough. Uh, but, you know, with the accounting standards, you need to look at um, forward-looking view. And I think that's what we've done uh, to provide um, on the retail side for $4.2 billion. But I think overall, yeah, we, we, we're not happy. But I think uh, under the circumstances, I think our team has done exceptionally well. Absolutely. Uh, under the circumstances being the key word here, because it's been tough for all the banks out there. And because of those new accounting standards, we're seeing very conservative uh, provisions. Uh, on the operational side, I believe you only recently met with the board face-to-face, having done everything else virtually during lockdown. Well, what has been the biggest lesson for you as a management team in all of this? It's actually our extra team that we've met for the first time. The board, we still had a board meeting yesterday and that was still over teams. I think the biggest lesson is how flexible and agile you as a company needs to be. Um, You know, and a very good example was our call center. I challenged our team um, in in the February and said, we need to look at our model and we need to come up with something completely different and why can people not work from home? And then people said, uh, no, it's impossible. And yet when lockdown happened 10 days later, everyone was working from, from home and we we're running our call centers still today. We we're running 95% of our people from home. You know, the way I think what COVID has done, and I said it this morning in my presentation, it actually forced us to think completely different and to be very agile and to look at things differently. And I think that's what I'm challenging my team now on is to say, why is an event like COVID forcing us to think differently? We need to constantly actually think completely different. Absolutely. It doesn't uh, require an external event for us to innovate. That said, yeah. do you ever see work going back to being 100% at the office? How sticky do you think the work from home experiment uh, is going to prove to be? Well, it's interesting. You know, we were 100% in the office, then 100% at, at basically from home. And we're actually struggling to get our people back. Uh, But I believe it's very important from a company culture 
teamwork, uh, brainstorming, strategizing, inspirational, motivational side that you need to be face-to-face. Um, so we need to work out a balance, and that's what we're busy working on. Uh, but I think you're probably going to be in a 50-50 or 60-40. But definitely there's space that your person can work from home, but then there's big space for a person to to come to the office and, and strategize um, yeah. and brainstorm. Yeah, and, and also building culture inside an organization must be yeah. uh, almost impossible if you're going to try and do that uh, virtually. So uh, yeah, I do the, get the, the sense the it would be a hybrid. Culture eats uh, strategy for breakfast. For um, breakfast, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't build culture over teams. No, or tea on the phone either. Now, no. what are some of the client trends that you've witnessed through the lockdown? Because it doesn't appear that consumers are taking on more debt. We obviously know that banks have been far more conservative with their lending as well. So it looks like clearly consumers are spending less. So what are some of the interesting client trends that you've picked up uh, through your book? Well, if I look at the book, you can see the patterns has changed completely. Uh, if I look at uh, building suppliers, that has shot up tremendously, and that's people spending money at home. Uh, if I look at the spend in building supplies, uh, August versus uh, March, we up 150%. That's massive, and if you ask me beforehand, I would never have predicted that. We're seeing also people very conservative on the saving side, uh, making certain that they've got money. And I think they're going to completely change away from very keeping up with the Joneses, being materialistic, um, shopping, to much better values of nature, friends, family. And that brings complete new trends into the client needs and his spending pattern that one needs to, to understand going forward to make certain that you can deliver on their needs. Now, you did mention that there was a spike in funeral policy death claims during June and July, unsurprising that, but you saw the opposite on the credit side. Can you explain that? That seems to be something of an anomaly. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm laughing, but no, we don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's one of those strange things. If you ask me, death should be affected 100% the same. Uh, the only thing I can think about is that on your credit side is that particular risk profile of clients that we're taking on, and funeral is open to anyone. Um, so it's just very abnormal, and, yeah, we still don't understand it. A bit of that was the fact that, you know, March, April, and May, very little claims came in. Um, there was a complete uh, deadlock on claims, and then, then it came in very strongly July, August. So mm. a bit of that is, is a lag effect. Um, but it's interesting, uh, something we'll monitor and observe. Um, but it was just one of those funny things that we've picked up. Absolutely. And great to see the launch of your Live Better Academy. Uh, and for, for a bank with a client base as large as yours, um, uh, 14.6 million clients, uh, to say, well, it's up to us to educate uh, South African consumers uh, financially because the level of financial literacy is uh, is remarkably poor. And I think it's also a function of our, our um, education system. The fact that we don't teach financial literacy is, <laughs> I, I can scarcely believe it, but that's the, the, the situation we find ourselves with. What is Live Better Academy ultimately hoping to achieve and what sort of uh, response have you seen to the launch of this? Well, Michael, it comes back to our uh, vision, uh, our why. Uh, what we really want to achieve in Catholic is that our client base understand their financial lives, um, that they understand their bank statements, they understand spending patterns, um, because then we believe we've got uh, a true capital uh, client. So 
to do that, uh, we've worked on bringing education cranes and, and uh, uh, training schedules that we brought up um, to make certain that our people are, uh, are educated and they understand what's happening. And that's, that's part of the capital strategy going forward. And we're spending quite big in that particular area because for us, it's, it's, it really goes about the why of capital. Uh, people must really understand their financial needs. And are you tracking um, how your clients and customers are interacting with this? Yeah, yeah. We've, remember, we've launched it about a month ago and we've got 18,000 clients that have taken it up in, in uh, a very short period. It's about four weeks. And we've started this month, we're going to start in October with a Above the Line uh, uh, campaign. And we're also using it with our own clients. You know, if a client is, let's say, under financial stress, uh, we send him SMSs or communication and recommend him to do XYZ of the courses because that hopefully can help him uh, to better his financial lives. And obviously, what we're all looking for in the country, Harry, is to get growth going. And uh, there's yeah. been a lot said over the last few months about the the plans that we have on the table, uh, there was the the, um, the ANC plan, there was a Business for South Africa plan, there's obviously Tito's paper, there's now the NEDLAC consensus plan, all of it um, hinging and converging around uh, infrastructure, but we really need to stop talking about plans and just executing. Uh, are you confident that we are at least heading in the right direction in South Africa? And uh, what keeps you up at night if you think about some of the big challenges that the country faces? Yeah, I think, you know, the one thing I've learned in Catholic is that you need to take decisive decisions. And then, you know, everyone uh, talks about strategy, but it's the implementation uh, of that strategy. It's the why. Because people must understand why they're doing things, then they will implement. Uh, And I think we're lacking that on a big big scale. And you can only get that right as all the leaders are crystal clear on exactly what needs to be done. And then... What is important is government needs to create an um, environment where there's uh, trust and clarity, um, clarity on policies, clarity exactly where government wants to go, because it doesn't help that the one moment you say X and the next moment you say Y. Uh, if there's clarity, trust, then the private sector will invest, and then there must be a massive focus on, on SMEs, um, encouraging small businesses, and then the other one, very big one for me, is education. Um, there's a big skill shortage in South Africa, and we really need to look at education and use digital um, to create a completely different platform on uh, how to educate uh, our, our mm. young children. And going back to COVID, that certainly revealed uh, where we have a big opportunity uh, if you've got the infrastructure, uh, but also where it can um, further exaggerate inequalities where the infrastructure doesn't exist. So we know where to yeah. focus. It is just about executing uh, on yeah. on some of those plans. Harry, always a great pleasure chatting to you and uh, good luck in navigating through uh, what continue to look like a very stormy and uh, choppy waters in the months and uh, year ahead. Thank you very much. That was a 2019 Sunday Times Business Leader of the Year and uh, Capitech CEO, Harry Faree.